back to the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my co-host, Shaggy here. Today, we're going to be with Avery Zaretsky from Barstool, the Rangers guy. We're going to be discussing Filipino, Artemi Panarin, with uh, Staples mentioning that Troy was vocally unhappy with Panarin's play in the playoffs, and uh, much more regarding Patrick Kane, possibility, and all that. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. And we're back with Avery Zaretsky. Avery, how's it going? Everything's great. I'm sorry it, it took so long to finally get together, but I'm glad we did. Uh, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a little bit before just to get prepared. You, you run a great show over here. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Uh, that means a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, any, uh, any feedback is greatly appreciated here. Um, so I figured we'd, you know, get right into it, uh, with regarding what Staples said, uh, with Chris Drury not vocally, not being happy with Panarin's play. Um, I feel like everyone's of course, you know, being Twitter has overblown this incredibly to going to trading and requesting <laughs> trades and just this crazy stuff here. Um, I, Welcome I, to New York. I knew it'd be a, like, I knew there could be stuff overblown, but you think there's just some stuff that won't and they always prove you wrong. I don't know. Well, what, what is your, what are your thoughts regarding that whole thing? Uh, I got, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. My friend, I think that's clickbait. Uh, you know, it, he had 16 points in 20 games. I don't think he was, a, you know, it was a superstar in the playoffs, but listen, at the end of the day, they're not trading Artemi Panera. And I can guarantee you that first of that, that's a monster contract to move. First of all, second of all, I mean, he's he's been everything we could have asked for and more. I know he had a tough playoff, but at the end of the day, he's one of the pivotal reasons why we get to where we are. So for people who think that the, or play into that article or just, you know, it's not even worth my time. I saw it and I didn't even acknowledge it. Right. I, I, I just figured like I, I posted a thing saying like, you know, if you want to argue about maybe Artemi Pernod not having the greatest playoffs, like I know he had 16 points. Um, he maybe there was an argument to me that he didn't initiate enough and he did too many cross crease passes, but like, let, let's get him functional line mates first. Then we could have a normal conversation. Don't you think? Yeah. And also I don't think Artemi has like a lot of playoff experience. He's, he's been, uh, you know, on a couple of deep runs, but nothing crazy. Like, it's a totally different game in the playoffs. So whereas the ice isn't as open anymore and there's, you know, he, he has a tough time doing the things that he's able to do in the regular season in the playoffs. Listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to cut him some slack. I do think he didn't play great, but like I said, 16 points in 20 games, like he still was producing. So for people to, who want him out, it's crazy to me. Yeah. It's, it's something that I, I always found. It's not just, it's really in anything in New York that, and, and maybe it's even in general in sports that when the, any report comes out with any type of heat going on between a player and a coach or a manager or a owner, there's always, oh, yeah, they're going to trade him. Okay, now they start throwing out stupid trade ideas and stuff. It, the question I always had with Panarin is he, we brought him over to be the star of this team. We brought him over to be 
the key player to this team, and, and he really did not produce to that level. He did right. get his points. Yeah, I agree. You look at the season, he had the most points on the team. That, that doesn't make him the star of the team. If you look at someone like Kreider, who had over 50 goals and the bandage had with his assists, and he definitely was not the star of the season. So don't you feel like, in a sense, maybe this heat by Drury was something that actually was just to get in Panarin's head that you are not being what we signed you for? Yeah, it could be a little bit of that for sure. I think, you know, you look at it from a regular season playoff standpoint, Mika wasn't great in the regular season, and then he was a star in the playoffs. So I, I personally, I think you earned your money in the playoffs, but a big reason why the Rangers got to where they were is Panarin. So I, I like I said, not playing too much into it. I do think Panarin needs to, to improve his game in the playoffs, obviously, but at the end of the day, his poor play wasn't the reason why the Rangers lost. I mean, you look at it. We, we know it's New York media. After 2014, there were articles saying that they should trade Henrik at his highest value. You know, it's just like it's crazy. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you can look at it either way, you know, on, on both ends of the stick. Panarin was Panarin was great in the regular season. He was OK in the playoffs. Should he have been better? Yes. Is it a reason why we should trade him? Absolutely not. Right. I, I, I got to fully back that up there. I mean, there is no reason. First of all, even if you wanted to, you can't put that uh, yeah. like crazy contract like it's not going to happen. I mean, listen, as I just realized this was his first full season. When you think about it with the New York Rangers, the first season was hit. COVID. I didn't realize this. The first season yeah. was hit by COVID. And the second year was a 56 game season. This was the first full year. And he hasn't been in the playoffs in over three years. Although I remember he did perform well with Columbus when they swept Tampa. So, you know, it's there. It's not something that's like he, he doesn't have in the playoffs. Like just some players are just regular season, good players, and they're not in the playoffs, but you know, that's not true with Panarin because you've seen him produce before. Right. This is a team that just played 20 games in 40 days in the playoffs with most of the guys who haven't seen the playoffs in in their careers or in three to, you know, five years. So it's just like, well, I think one of the only guys who's been in the playoffs recently was Barkley Goudreau. So it's, it's really hard to play into all, all the factors that happen at the end of the day. This was an unexperienced team that went really far and gained of a lot, a lot of experience. It sucks the way it ended because you really thought they could have done more, you know, being up to nothing in the Easter conference finals. But at the end of the day, you got to look at it as a huge win for the team and the players so I think the, the team's really going to only get better. They're not going to lose a lot of guys to free agency. And I think it's going to be a really special year next year. I do. Right. He, Panarin in general has been someone that his passing is elite. His passing is elite, elite. Like you could see, yes. you know, that's, he's got, he's got the entire ice covered with his passes. He knows exactly where to put it. He really sets up his teammates well. And especially in the playoffs with only 10 assists, that's what got me nervous, really. And we also found that he hesitated to shoot a lot. I'm very curious to, if there was an injury that is being hidden from everyone uh, about the way he played. Because the way he played it, it seemed like there was something about his body that didn't want – he didn't feel comfortable with making certain I just wanted plays. to interrupt you a second. I apologize. There were rumors that he was having a back heating pad at the end of the regular season. Wow. On, yeah, on he, the... he was, yeah, he was using that heating pad actually even 
earlier than the later end of the season. He was using it throughout the entire season. Uh, you could kind of see it uh, here and there. There were a couple of games he actually left games because of his, his back soreness. And at the end of the day, uh, like you said, he's one of the, if not the best playmaker in the league when he's, when he's playing at an elite level. I mean, his passes are tape to tape every time. Uh, but at the end of the day, there could be some lingering issues, yes, for sure. I mean, you that's something to worry about. Is that something? Is that something that in the future that we're going to have to really worry about? Is that something that we're going to have to like bring up and say, look, if he can't stay healthy, we need to go somewhere else. Yeah, I don't think there's enough. Uh, there's enough information yet to really make that assumption. You know, there's a lot of guys that play through injuries that you don't even know. Like we just had Chris Kreider, I think today he just went underwent surgery on his on his hand or his wrist. Um, you, you would have not even known he had that injury the entire season. So at the end of the day, you're, you're not going to really hear about injuries until they, you know, guys get surgery or this and that happens, but it's hard. It's really hard to speculate when you just don't have the full information, but it did look like Artemi was playing through some sort of injury this year. I don't know if it's going to be long-term or whatnot, but let's, the, the, the hope is that at the answer is no. So speaking of players, uh, that do good though in the in the playoffs. Uh, let's talk about Filipino for a second. He feel like it felt like he came into his own in the playoffs, but there are some that are saying that you know we've seen hot streaks from him in the past, right? Like you where he scores five goals in five games and then disappears. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I want to ask the question about Hito, but I feel like that coincides with regarding should we get Panarin better line mates because if you believe say Hedo is the second line center, maybe move Panarin to the top line and then bring up the kid line. Uh, there's so many ways you could roll the dice on this, but w- what are your thoughts? Do you think Panarin should stay on the second line and get him a better uh, players? Or do you believe Hedo is the second line answer? I think we always knew that Philip Hedo had this special raw talent. I really do. There was a lot of ups and downs in his career. You know, he, his career trajectory is actually, is actually something that I, I've wanted to see out of pretty much every 18 to 19 year old player in the NHL. There's so many expectations when you get these guys coming to the league, like an Alexi Lafreniere, everyone thinks he's going to be this guy. He was at the QMJHL, but the answer, the, the true answer is, Guys like Alexi Lafreniere should probably play in the AHL to start their careers. It's such a different game when you get to the NHL. And Phil Pietl struggled at first. And, he, you know, he had some seasons where he played 50-plus games in the AHL. And now I feel like he's finally coming to his own and he's gotten that confidence. There was a weird burst of confidence towards the end of the season where you saw guys like him, you saw guys like Kako, you saw guys like Lafreniere finally realized that, you know what, they, they have this raw ability. They just got to go out there and do it. They just got to go out there and let them play. And, it's a big thing that Gallant lets these guys do is just let them go and play. That's a big part of his system is that you just let guys play. And I think it's really helping Filipinos game where he's just able to, you know, he has such good hands and he has such good speed. He finally has an opportunity to really open up his ability and open up the ice. And I think, uh, you know, if you want to move him up to that second line, I wouldn't hate it. I, I think it'd be really cool to see him up with Panarin, you know, with, with the, uh, with the lingering issues at, at the second center, we don't know what's going to happen with with the money now. We, we only got about like $10 million in cap. So we'll see what happens, what, what Chris Drury's thinking, because clearly Filipino could play. You know, he might be thinking like, you know, why sign a second line center? Maybe we'll go for another depth guy and put Philip up there to start the season. So we'll, it'll be very interesting. I feel like Hedl was 
you know, sort of underlooked by a lot of teams in general when they were playing them. He yep. he has he, he does a lot on the ice that you don't realize, especially when you see some of his goals. They they, they were so some of them were very self-made. And that's something unique about a player. If he could, if he could get himself those special moments, those special plays, that's very that's something that is needed many times in a game to excite you. And he's and he was clutch. He came around in the playoffs. We always discussed on this podcast. We always discussed the sixteen game the sixteen game players of the players that show up in the playoffs that are very good. And Hedo was one of them. So to me, Hedo was someone that I look at and say, okay, wow, you showed us you got something. On the other hand, he's someone who barely played this year. I mean, in 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 the season this year, he played. I mean, he played a decent amount of games, but he only had eight goals. He only had fourteen assists, twenty-two points in total. I mean, do you do you say that? Oh, because we saw him do this well, and we know that he has talent. That yeah, he's our future. Or do you say, well, this team showed you they could get far, so let's like. Let's look for the next level player that we don't have to ask ourselves. Well, he, we might come to halfway through the season and say, wow, we should not have gone this way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Filipino is going to be that next level player. I mean, you look at he's only 22 years old. You know, it almost feels like in Ranger years, it's funny to say it that way. In Ranger years, he seems like a veteran. But at the end of the day, his career is just getting started. So. I really think that he needed this experience and the, and the confidence is really starting to build. So who's to say he's not going to be that elite center that the Rangers have been looking for on that second line. Right. If you, if you believe that he's going to be that second line center, do you bring up Capocaco as well up? What do you do? Or do you go get a guy that's been linked to the Rangers uh, since the deadline in Patrick Kane? That's an interesting question. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time now. Listen, that Kane Panarin connection is something that's, you know, you, you can't overlook it. It was something really special and you could tell Kane kind of wants that back. And he clearly wants out of Chicago. Things were that, you know, bonds were broken there. It, it's a really tough situation. I know the Rangers don't, don't want to give up on Kako. I think he, his raw ability, his, his, his puck possession is incredible. He's a big, strong player. I don't think his game speed there is just yet, but I do think it will be there. It's a question if the Rangers are really pushing that agenda of, you know, we got Caesar Conference final. Maybe we're one piece away from really, you know, winning the entire thing. If they're willing to wait on Kako to be that guy, maybe next year or the year after, so be it. It, it all depends on the on the trajectory of, of the next, you know, couple seasons. What the Rangers uh, believe they they want to be in the next couple of years. If they want to hold off an extra year and let these guys develop a little bit more, keep Kako. But if you don't, if you're ready to take the next step and go win the Stanley Cup. Make that move. Take a chance on, you know, on Patty Kane because you know what you're getting with him. Right. And especially players like Patrick Kane, who are, I would say, like uh, low pay players in a sense. You know what I mean? Where you're not going to be overpaying them. When you look at the Rangers cap situation, you you know that you're not going to be able to make a million moves. And if you're Mm -hmm. in all your players that you have to develop a chance to, to really get to the, you know, to the next level unless you have someone that retains the salary, you're going to have to sort of, in a sense, every player that you could keep and that you trust is actually a real advantage. So maybe a guy like Hedo is the answer with the fact that he is someone that 
we only see an upside coming forth. Yeah, it's so important to have these young guys playing well because they're not making a lot of money. You got these guys on entry-level contracts. They really need Kravtsov to be an impact player next year because of how little he makes. That's when you really can take advantage of the salary cap is when you have guys playing at an elite level on entry-level contracts, guys like Lafreniere, you know, guys like obviously Kako's going to get paid, guys like Miller, you know what I mean? It's just the guys that are making the least amount of money are the guys you have to take advantage of with because at the end of the day, it'll just give you more, more room to make moves at the deadline. Right. I mean – with Patty, I mean, there's so many variables here that we have to consider. Like, if we don't, if we believe all it takes is maybe a third line center move, then maybe move up Panarin to Panarin, Sabanajad, Kreider, and then just move up the kid line and then have another 3C. Like, there's so many things you could do with this. Or if you don't believe in that, you go get Kane, retain salary. And then if you like put, keep Kako, uh, on the third line, laugh on the third line as long as they're getting the time on ice, even though I'm kind of not, I'm kind of like on the edge about that because I'm not a fan of my first and second overall picks getting third line minutes for the third season in a row or in the last case, yeah, third season in a row. But I mean, yeah, there are so many variables to take in here because if Panette, if Kane is available, right, is that just something that's too juicy to pass up on? Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if the offer's there and the offer's right, I think you got to take that chance. You have to because you know you know what you're getting with Patrick Kane. You know you're getting an elite-level passer on the other side and a guy who's been, you know, played with Panarin for such a long time and they have a special connection and you can, you saw what they're able to do. And Patrick Kane just adds a different uh, – I mean, the guy is still putting up outrageous numbers. You know what I mean? It's, it's just another superstar you're adding to an already big lineup. And you know you're going to get him at a retained salary, which allows you to make even you know more moves in case you feel like you need to fill another hole in that lineup, which at the end of the day, I don't really think there's that many. So let's say we don't go after Kane and we bring up the kid line and we believe he'd always got to take the next step. Is a guy maybe like Stastny, your third C, or Nick Paul, are those guys you want, like maybe you're interested in? Who who would you be interested in as a depth guy? Yeah, I want a guy who could win faceoffs. That's a big thing we struggled in. Uh, Stasny would be a great guy to fill that gap. Yeah, I, I think Stasny. I think Stasny is the play. I don't really have any other names that are that really jump out to me that would you know w- would be cost efficient. I think Stasny is the guy. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we were discussing this before, and and I brought up that name to Jacob. And I'm like, we both thought to each other, yeah, yeah it's not bad. <laughs> it's good to hear it from another person because I, it, I think Paul, I, I think Stasny is a real great answer. And I also feel like whoever you're going to bring in, in, in as a as your next center is somebody that, like you mentioned, is a is a face off beast. And in general, one of the advantages to face offs that we all know is that you get more possessions. And especially a team like the Rangers that a hard time had a hard time on a five and five. Every possession more that you could get is is an exact exact advantage that you need. Uh, the question I have is: Is there a free agent out there besides Stasny that you say to yourself? I'm talking about even a low end free agent that you say to yourself, "This is a guy we need to add to the team." Whether it's a guy that's going to add defensively, offensively, is there a guy out there that you're like? Uh, my focus is besides for any of these big names, we need to bring in a couple, we need to bring in this guy. You know what I mean? Is there a guy out there that you have your eyes on? 
I, uh, I'm a big proponent of speed. I think speed kills. And I think it's a reason why, you know, guys like Tyler Mott are successful and, and guys like Chris Kreider and Heedle, they're, 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 they're becoming successful because of their speed. I wouldn't say he's a higher or low end guy. I think he's right in the middle. I love, I love the way Vinny Trocek plays. And I think if you can get him for the right number, he could end up being that second center spot. You know what I mean? I think he's just a per- he would be a perfect fit. Right. I mean, the thing is, is that hopefully, I mean, it's tricky with a guy like him because he had, I believe, 60 points, um, which I believe that's roughly what in the six million dollar range. I can't I feel like yeah. the golden number for Rangers right now is a guy that's on a five point five, get to take a five point five million dollar contract. Um, with the Rangers, maybe playoff run, maybe he would take less. I doubt it, especially with uh, you got to consider the New York taxes and all that. That's got to that's got to play a factor, as silly as that sounds. Um, but let's say like there was a rumor, right, that Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't want to sign with Winnipeg. Maybe a more long term solution or you don't think that's a road that they're going to go down? Oh, absolutely. That's another name I was forgetting. You know, it's so funny. Like when the season ends, I have about like a week or to two weeks of like just pure depression. And then I start to like load into what's going on in the off season. That is another name that I'm interested in. I think that, uh, you know, if you're going top free agent targets for the Rangers that haven't already played for them, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is probably number one to fill that second line spot. Listen, he's a fantastic player. And I think he'd, I think he'd be a great fit. I really do. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's another elite playmaker to be, you know, who'd probably end up playing with Panarin. He can score goals. He's fast. He's a fun player to watch. So why, you know, why not take a chance on him if, uh, if they feel like they need to go that, that route other than uh, a guy like cop. Right. I mean, the, the, we have players that we've seen. I mean, cop and, and Strom are players that we saw, you know, technically would work with this offense that Gallant wants to play. But again, we, we do realize that Strom did not do as well as we wanted and cop is good, but he's going to want a lot of money. Um, yep. The who's, who do you feel should be your second line center? I mean, it, it, we feel like, we feel like at this point that Hedo seems to be an option. The question is, are, do you, is there, would you rather sign a, a big, you know, second line center? I listen, if cop feels that he could play center throughout the, you know, throughout the season and, and he does win a lot of draws. Right. But he, why not, yeah. why not take, you know, why not take him there and add a, a speedy right winger on that, on that, on that other side? Um, you know, he, cop isn't as fast, but he has a, an unbelievable goal scoring ability. And it seemed like him and Panarin had a little bit of chemistry to end the season. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with them resigning cop at that second center spot. I mean, with cop, the rumor is that he's looking for something at 5.5 million dollar range, which is the golden number for the Rangers. I'm personally yep. on the side that I think either we let him, we let him walk and we, go the heater route or we go like uh vinnie trocek route uh because my my just philosophy is is that if you want to spend the money uh either get an upgrade or bring it to somewhere else when you have that option in heat like because if you get kane right you don't care who's at the center with panarin and kane it could be even freaking greg it could be freaking greg yeah it's they're gonna do well so i i mean there, like I said before, there are so many variables. It's like we don't even know what the Rangers' angle is. 
because you could go the Kane route, you could go the Heedle route, you could go the depth route, you could have Panarin on your top line. There, there's so many things to this. Um, but one of the angles is, do you think maybe the kid line should move up all of them and Panarin would go to the top line? Yeah, it, it really all depends on their, the Rangers' commitment to their, their young players. It, listen, if they're going to split up the kid line, I think the, the the number one option would be to go after Patrick Kane because then you could have him him on the other side of, of Hedl and, and Panarin, and I think that line would be incredible, and you just bump Loff up to the first line and get and give him the top six minutes he deserves. So if you're not going to split up the kid line, have them play the second line. I think they'd be a great second line, and they've shown that they have the speed and the, and the goal-scoring ability now more than ever to, to be in that spot. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially, especially since we saw that a lot of the line switches, especially when, especially in the playoffs, we saw that the lines, the lines that we usually use during the regular season, they were good. But you saw when we switched certain things up, things even technically looked better. I'm scared how much we actually move up our lineups. We were very successful in this season in general, and. I'm scared that you, you know, we, you know, we keep messing up the chemistry with these lines, and especially since it seems like Gallant is not into this kid line, which I do not get. Um, but we know how Gallant works because Gallant has his guys. So the whole idea of this kid line, the whole idea of having Zabanjad with Kreider and 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 whatever lines you want to put together, how much do we actually want to shake up these lineups? Is it, I know you adding a Kane is a veteran who work into these things. I know, of course, you want to you know work in some of these better players, especially since you're going to get rid of a Strom. But how much you want to actually shake up a line like Kako, Hito, and, and Lefarnier, especially with the chemistry that you want to build? Yeah, I know that that's like a, a for for people who play at hockey and know chemistry arguably is one of the big things in the game. Uh, you know, it's not always about the talent. It's about who you're playing with, who you feel confident passing the puck with. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're losing the chemistry with the kid line, you're getting a guy like Kane back who's been playing with Panarin for a long time. So I don't think you're I don't think you're losing too much chemistry when you're getting a good amount back is, you know, is what I'm kind of alluding to with, with, with that deal, if that were to happen. Uh, speaking of, well, not speaking of, I apologize. Uh, going to another subject just briefly here uh, regarding re-signing players. Um, if you were to re-sign Mon, now there are rum- rumors that he's not coming back, but if you were to re-sign Mon, what, what is the max you would give him? This is the thing because of all the people I want to resign, it's him. I thought he was um, in the top five players for us in the playoffs. I think his impact on that fourth line without him and on the penalty kill, we would have struggled a lot. I'd be I'd be willing to give him, uh, you know, the one point five two million range. Mm-hmm. Right, because it was. I funny think that's a fair number. Right. Yeah. No, I I I, I, de- I definitely agree with that because. I was telling someone like I'm like you know I'd rather him than Cop right now, like he's playing that good. He's not better than Cop per se, but it's like the skill set Mott has is rarer to get than Cop. If that makes sense, without a doubt, a hundred percent. I think Cop, Cop his his ability to be a two hundred foot player and play defense. He has the speed. He has the hands. He has the you know the hockey IQ. 
there's just no reason why you should be giving up on a guy like that. If you can get him for, for that type of money, that's a guy who can play on the third, fourth, you know, second, third, fourth line, you know, but you, you want him on the fourth line to, to be able to even out the lines and give, give you that extra ability when, when the fourth line goes out, cause you know, Gallant loves to roll all four, but he could play, that guy could play anywhere in the lineup. Right. Yeah. No, I'm saying you could put him on the fourth line. You could put him on the third line. I mean, he's great to have like, uh, I don't remember if it was versus Carolina. There's basically a team we were leading with with a couple minutes left, and he put on Mott with Kreider and Zibanejad, which was very smart to do. I mean, yep. those type of players. I'm not going to say he's a Jesper Foss 2.0, but he reminds me a lot of him. I mean, he's faster when Jesper Foss has better hands. Mott's faster. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are you know similar to the players. But yeah, it's again like it's not a fast 2.0, but it's one, it's that type of player that is so rare to get. And that's why I think resigning him, um, he's he's a guy you want in your depth when you want to get the Stanley Cup. I mean, would, would I, I couldn't agree yeah. more? I agree. All right. So, uh, last question, uh, before we get off here, playing season, I know we've been playing uh, offseason GM chair for a bit here. Uh, but what do you think they should do at the draft? So, so what, so what picks do we have? It's crazy that I'm asking this. Cause I, I don't, like I said, I haven't really been looking into it. I don't know. Are, are we, are, we have, a, we don't have our first round pick, right? We lost it. Right, we lost it. Right. We lost it. So that's going to be a problem with getting a guy like Kane. You're going to have to give up your 2023, which is the, one of the deepest drafts, I believe since Austin Matthews. Um, I don't know which is the draft since Austin Matthews, I believe, actually. Uh, and I, I think, hold on, we lost the second to Blake. We have a third, fifth, sixth, and seventh, I believe. I'm sorry, not a seventh. We gave that for Mott. We have a, a third, fourth. I'm sorry. I, I have no idea. But the point is, I, I, I didn't mean like draft-wise. I meant like trading-wise. Do you, do you see us doing something at the draft trade-wise, or do you think this is something that's going to drag on in the offseason? I don't know. I think the Kane trade could, if they, if it if it they're they're planning on doing it, it could happen at the draft. It's when it's when GMs are pretty active. Um, I I don't know. The Rangers don't have a lot of picks to play with in this draft, and usually see picks from the current draft going in trades when they happen. But at the end of the day, it's when all the GMs and owners are are in the area. So who know who knows who knows what could happen right. at the draft. Um, the Rangers might just pick through and, and use their picks that they have and just keep building that prospect pool. But who knows? Chris Drury's always got some things up his sleeve. You know, he's, he was quiet at the deadline all the way. And then a couple big moves happened right at the end. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling after five years of having a lot of top picks to going from that to now we don't really have many picks. Right. It's also a weird feeling that like in the past couple of off seasons, we know what angle we're taking, but in this one, yeah. because of the cap, we don't know what angle we're taking with either Hedo, although all, all we, you know, we've discussed the past 30 minutes. We don't know what angle Drury's taking here. Uh, truth yeah, to be, and, not only, yeah. not only because, not only sorry to cut you off, but not no, only because of the cap, because this team that nobody expected to make the Eastern conference final did. So now they're in a, a even bigger situation where now they know they got to, step it up they were two two wins away from the stanley cup final right so before we get off here avery you want to mention uh your 
Twitter handle, what you do, et cetera. I know people like probably already know what you do here, of course, but just in case, like you want to just shout that out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm at Avery Zaretsky on all handles, A-V-E-R-Y-Z-A-R-E-T-S-K-Y on, on Twitter, Instagram, everything. And I, I post Rangers content for Barstool, and I also do a, a bunch of other stuff with them for Spitting Chicklets and Foreplay. So you'll see me doing all this, all this stuff for them. I got a big trip to Scotland coming up in the next two weeks with Foreplay, so that should be fun. But, yeah, it, during the season, it's all it's all Rangers. All righty. Avery, thank you so much for coming on, and hopefully we'll have you on another time. Absolutely. I'd love to come on again. I always tell people uh, anytime it's talking about Rangers, you, you don't you you could call me whenever. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Let's go Rangers.